Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll learn more about a Jane's Walk that took place at Portage in Maine last Sunday to celebrate Jane Jacobs and show support for the opening of the iconic intersection. We'll also learn more about Memory Mondays, an ongoing event that recently celebrated its second anniversary, and how it encourages seniors to share their stories and memories from their lives. And the Winnipeg Gold Eyes are about to kick off their 2016 season with a new broadcast sponsor, CJNU. We'll hear more about what fans had to say as well as how the team's roster looked at last Saturday's open house. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to tell us about the latest in citizen journalism through the lens of Community News Commons. We've got all these stories, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Welcome to RC360. Good morning, and thank you very much for listening on this wonderful Sunday morning. Uh, Nolan and Robert here with you, and we will also be joined uh, momentarily by Jeff Schultz. He is uh, an intern at the Winnipeg Foundation, and he's been helping us all week, and he's been filing stories, uh, so he's going to tell us a whole bunch of stuff this week, uh, including a Jane's Walk he went on, Memory Monday that he attended, and also uh, the Gold Eyes Open House. So uh, Jeff has done a lot of work, so uh, I just want to recognize him and say thank you very much. Uh, On a, a little more serious of a note, one of the major stories in the news recently as probably everyone knows is the uh, situation out in Fort McMurray due to all the wildfires there Uh, we are happy to report that in response to this crisis the Winnipeg Foundation has recently announced a $100,000 contribution to a fund established by 12 community foundations in Alberta called the rebuilding Fort McMurray fund The objective of the fund is to restore and enhance the social infrastructure of the Fort McMurray community, particularly in some of the areas that aren't covered by governments or insurance. So this fund takes a little bit more of a long-term rebuilding and recovery approach than maybe some of the other immediate relief efforts. All of the gifts that are made to the fund flow directly to support long-term recovery efforts in the area. So if you would like to also make a contribution to the Rebuilding Fort McMurray Fund, you can do so through the Winnipeg Foundation's website. The direct address is wpgfdn.org forward slash Fort McMurray. Again, that's wpgfdn.org forward slash Fort McMurray, all one word. To start off the show this week, we will hear about a recent Jane's Walk that took place last Sunday at Portage in Maine. Our correspondent Jeff Schultz will have all the information on that. But to start things off, let's hear Take Me Dancing by Megan Smith right here on River City 360. Your leaving's been a long time coming. Could have seen it from a mile away. Found a ticket, dated for the morning. Only one and only one way Miles to go, promises to break Mess me up for all time's sake Take me, take me, honey Take me dancing out all night Take me, take me, come on Take me dancing one last time me off my feet but your loving gave me sad 
That's the sound of Portage and Maine during one of last Sunday's Jane's Walks. Jane's Walk consists of numerous free, locally organized walking tours in which people get together to explore, talk about, and celebrate their communities. These tours are organized all over the globe, and their goal is to encourage more citizen participation in city planning and design. Jane Jacobs herself wrote in her famous 1957 book, The Death of the American City, that she believes, quote, Cities have the capability of providing something for everybody only because and only when they are created by everybody. With that in mind, Wins Bridgman of Bridgman Collaborative Architecture led a group of about 50 Winnipeggers onto Portage in Maine to highlight the need for a more pedestrian-friendly downtown and also to make an announcement at the center of the famous intersection. Portage in Maine will open in 2017. And when we say open, we mean open for people, people who are pedestrian. You heard that right. Portage in Maine will reopen for pedestrians in 2017 as per Mayor Brian Bowman's promise. Now the group in the mayor's office didn't offer any information as to what that opening might look like, but last Sunday's walk was more about starting a conversation about reuniting our downtown. Here's what Wins had to say about the potential reopening. It feels in the same way that when I was a young, almost a late teenager I should say, and we discovered that we could stop the Allen Expressway from cutting Toronto in half when Jane Jacobs was there. Um, we are feeling the same way about the possibility for Winnipeg that has been, we believe, cut into quarters and now can be brought together again. The walk proceeded around the Portage and Main area, focusing on hearing people's concerns on creating a more functional downtown. Here's what one downtown resident, Riley McMurray, thought of Sunday's walk. I think it was a great Jane's Walk, and uh, I liked that there was the beginning of some discussions around how can urbanism 
and everything else that we do be intersectional in terms of looking at how do uh, the struggles of many different groups interact and intersect and how can we address all of those. And some walkers, like Megan Stewart, jumped at the opportunity to experience something from Winnipeg's past. This is my second year going on Jane's Walk and I took this one because who wouldn't want the opportunity to walk across Portage in Maine? Uh, I'm only 24 so it was uh, locked up long before I was born. Well unfortunately this year's Jane's Walks have come to a close so you'll have to wait until next year to take part in all the fun. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Jane's Walks or Jane Jacobs, please visit janeswalk.org for more information or to register to lead a walk of your own next year. Thanks, Jeff. And if you'd like to learn more about that particular Jane's Walk or Jane's Walk in general, you can visit www.janeswalk.org and search for Winnipeg. Coming up after the break, we will learn more about Memory Mondays, a local event that recently celebrated its second anniversary. But first, here are the four lads with Thanks, Mr. Florist, right here on RC360. Thanks, Mr. Florist, for sending the roses. My lady isn't blue anymore. She's wearing a smile. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Memory Monday celebrated its second birthday at the Lions Place on Portage this past Monday. It's a fun and interactive event which encourages seniors to get together and share some of the interesting stories from their past and from their lives. Doctors at Georgetown University Medical Center have said that the more social connection someone has, the better they are at preserving memory. They also say that just like physical exercise, mental exercise is very good for you. Any mentally challenging activities can help keep your mind sharp. 
Memory Monday started in April 2014 as an opportunity for local seniors to share experiences with each other, uh, keep their minds sharp, and as our producer Jeff Schultz found out, they can also learn some very interesting tidbits about themselves and about their neighbors. Uh, So we are welcoming Jeff Schultz into the studio to tell us all about Memory Monday. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me, uh, tell our listeners about Memory Monday. What is it? How did it get started? And uh, just sort of give us the uh, Coles Notes Notes version of it. Thanks. Well, you know, it was really inspiring. Everybody was so welcoming. And it's kind of an event to encourage seniors to get together and share some of the, the experiences that maybe they uh, kind of can both relate to or just any interesting stories that they've experienced themselves. And you know what? There were some really surprising ones that I heard. So seniors, this is, I'm guessing, 60 to 80-ish. What, what are the age ranges here? Um, well, to tell you the truth, they were a little bit older than that. Oh, really? But they still were extremely sharp, and they had so much to say. I mean, some of them had almost nine decades worth of life experience to tell Jeez. me about. So, so there's 80s, 80 to 90-year-olds. What are some of the most interesting stories that you heard from uh, some, some of the seniors there? Well, you know what? Um, one of the most interesting stories came from Tracy Murray. And my great-grandma on my mother's side was a decoy for Louis Riel. And Louis Riel was running away come from the States at Norbert. And he said to my great-grandpa, uh, would, you put, would you hide me? My great-grandpa said, if I hide you, if they find me, they'll kill my family. So he said, loan me your daughter, which was my grandma, Marie LeMay. She was five years old. So my great-grandma put a little white dress on her, and when it came dark, when it was dark, Louis Riel took her by the hand right into the bush, and he said, you see her, and when I'm in the bush, you come and get her. Yeah. By having this child, with him, it sure wasn't Louis. It wasn't yes. Louis Riel. Yeah, that was, was he used her as a decoy. Yeah. In other yeah, words, yeah. they wouldn't suspect him because he had this child with him. It's kind of amazing that back in those days, they that would work. First of all, you know, in today's day and age, I don't imagine that same tactic would perhaps work in in being a decoy. But uh, that's a, an amazing story. I know. I mean, I. I would have more suspects of a gentleman walking through a forest <laughs> with a five-year-old girl than uh, anything else. But I guess back then it was kind of a more commonplace for people to take a wander through the woods. But you know what? There was another person who met an, uh, a really famous guy. Stephen Lyle told me about meeting one of India's most famous and influential politicians when he was just a boy. Here's his story. Most notable thing that happened to me in India was I met... Mahatma Gandhi and Jawaharlal Nehru on the same day. Oh, they were in in, in Madras. Uh, they were staying with with the with the governor, and uh, I was in a Boy Scout troop, and uh, we went uh, to parade for them. And uh, we were standing on parade, and they came walking past us, and Namaste, you know, and that. So both of them. Oh yeah, they were smiling all the time. Yeah. But unfortunately, the next month, this was in December 1947, next month he was assassinated. So he met Gandhi at the last possible moment you could meet him, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of sad to say, but, uh, you know, about a month later he was assassinated. And... Uh, it was, it was really nice to see the emotion in Stephen's face. Um, he said that uh, Gandhi was just such a warm man to, uh, to talk to and that 
he was so friendly. I mean, he was always smiling, and it really had an impact on him. Even that short moment in his life, he uh, said it was one of the most influential times he's ever had. I mean, even decades later, that, that, that really speaks to the importance of that person, that you're able to remember something so sort of minuscule in, in your life when you're just a, a small boy, but, you know, it sticks with you for decades later. That's very interesting. Totally. I mean, you never know when you're experiencing history, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, that really reminded me of what Noreen Anderson had to say about Memory Mondays and why people should come down. Well, you know, there are an awful lot of memories to be dug up, but uh, you have to get going at it. So you sort of need to come to these gatherings and listen to each other, and, and, and it brings them alive. And that's good. Um, we're not fancy. We're just ordinary people and we enjoy each other's company. We, most of us, haven't known each other for long. Um, we've met here, and then, you know, we get to know each other. But um, people who are sitting at home uh, just feeling sort of stuck, you don't have to be. Now the weather's getting better and you can get out. So come on down. So Jeff, how can our listeners find a little bit more information about Memory Mondays? Well, you can contact the Lions Place at 784-1210. That's 784-1210. And you can find out where all the fun's happening. Well, thank you very much, Jeff Schultz, producer here at River City 360, for telling us and our listeners all about Memory Mondays. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Nolan and Jeff. Coming up after the break, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes are on deck for the upcoming baseball season, and we'll hear from some fans who attended the team's recent open house. But first, here's Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass with A Taste of Honey, right here on River City 360. we 
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Welcome back to the show. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And Jeff Schultz joins us in studio to talk about last Saturday's Winnipeg Gold Eyes Open House and about their new partnership with this very radio station, CJNU. Uh, thanks for stopping by, Jeff. Thanks. It's always great to be here. Tell our listeners about the open house that the Gold Eyes held last weekend and uh, how their season's looking this year. Thanks. Well, it was really nice to be back in the ballpark, and everyone looked really strong. So. You, you saw them warming up, and kind of, uh, I saw some photos that you took for Community News Commons, uh, if our listeners want to go and read your article about the open house. But uh, uh, give us a little bit about how the team looks this year. Well, I mean, I could talk all day about uh, what I saw, but why don't I let Marlene Wright, one of the uh, the fans from the stands, tell you what she thought when she was examining their new roster. It's going to be quite different because we've only got six players back this year. And so all the new guys, but they seem to be pretty good. Fast. She sounds very uh, informed. It sounds very positive this year. Oh, yeah. And Mary Bickard echoed that sentiment as she was watching the batting practice. Well, I've been watching the batters, and I am amazed at where some of these balls are going. So a team with speed that can hit the long ball sounds like a winning combination. Definitely. And I hope that they're going to be able to make another playoff run like they did last year. But maybe this year they can take home that series. Yeah, second overall last year, which is a pretty impressive showing for sure. Um, But yeah, it'd be nice to to take the championship home this year for sure. Yeah, it was so close. But you know, that didn't stop any of those Gold Eyes fans. They're a dedicated bunch. Here's what Marlene had to say when she was given a jersey from one of her favorite players. This is Harry Berrios' jersey, as you can see from the back. He was my favorite player when he was here years ago. So my sister-in-law bought me the jersey for Christmas one year. And my husband was in the hospital at the time, and it was all wrapped up, and I opened it. And, of course, it's a game-worn, so it was dirty. And in the hospital, everybody wanted to know why I would get a dirty jersey for a Christmas present. (laughs) I said, he's my favorite player. I don't care what's on it. That is true dedication. It's a, it's a very uh, very indicative of Winnipeg when it comes to uh, fans of our sporting organizations, for sure. Totally. And you know what? Marlene went on to say that she's never actually missed a home game, wow. except for the one where she herself was in the hospital. And the only thing that kept her from attending the game was the fact that the staff informed her that there was snow on the field and there probably wouldn't be a game to wow. have you. Yeah. You know, being at the ballpark seemed to really bring Marlene all that joy and uh, you can see why she's such a big fan. But you know, you don't have to be at the ballpark to listen to all the action. That's right. Uh, this very station, the the home of River City 360, CJNU, will be broadcasting every single Gold Eyes game this season. Uh, we're going to be beaming the games out over the airwaves right here, 93.7 FM. Or you can uh, listen live streamed online at cjnu.ca. And fans can really get uh, their Gold Eyes games anywhere they are, whether you're in your car, at home, on your smartphone, all of the above. It's it's a pretty good deal. It kind of reminds me of what Stanley Larson said. He's a veteran Gold Eyes fan for over 17 years. Here's what he had to say about listening to the Gold Eyes games over the radio. Yeah, it uh, you know it gives you the sense like you're almost like you're there with it, yeah. and direct you know directly there. You know you get a different type of because uh, you can't see what's happening. You just have to anticipate. And overall, I enjoyed both aspects or all aspects of it. I guess you do kind of get something a little bit different to do when you listen to the game as opposed to watching it live especially. Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting to find out that some of the fans listen to the game in some really surprising places. Oh, I listen while I'm here. Yeah, I listen to them, do, and while they're away, I listen to them. 
you know, because I, I have the radio. They've changed radio stations this year. Yeah, it's going to be on CJNU. Yeah. 93.7. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So, but I have my radio on the whole time here. Everybody knows if they come to the game with me, don't talk to me because I don't talk during the game. That's why I come an hour before. I can do my visiting then, and then you watch the game. I guess she really doesn't want to miss any of the action. No, Marlene's one woman who loves her baseball. Well, I think that can be said probably of a lot of fans here in Winnipeg. So uh, if you can head down to the uh, head down to Shaw Park and catch a game, that's great. But if you can't, you can listen to it right here on CJNU. Uh, every single game is going to be broadcast live, or you can, like we mentioned earlier, go to cjnu.ca to listen to the live stream. Thanks a lot, Jeff, for telling us about this year and how the Gold Eyes are looking. Thanks, Nolan. It's always a great time at the ballpark. Thanks, Nolan and Jeff. Sounds like a great season ahead for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg joins us to discuss the latest stories through Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism website and one of the Winnipeg Foundation's community leadership initiatives, Community News Commons. But first, here is Patty Page with Let Me Call You Sweetheart right here on River City 360. Let me call you sweetheart I'm in love listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. So you haven't been here for a week or two. I know. You guys have been busy. How was your trip down to Miami? It was awesome. Went to the Night Media Learning Seminar. Cool. And uh, learned a lot about the future of media. So in 30 uh, seconds, what's the future of media? Well, the takeaway message for me is that uh, media journalism is a public trust that we need to uh, support and um, make uh, healthy. I, li- I liked what you said about if if our if our hospitals or emergency rooms were crumbling and it was the last of the 
hospitals, there would be a public outcry. But if it's the last of a newspaper, everyone's kind of like, well, this is just what has to happen. Yeah, and that's and I think that's the the takeaway message is that we really, uh, I mean, never before has uh, an informed and engaged community been uh, so essential. Absolutely. So speaking of an informed and engaged community, mm-hmm. tell me about the community that writes for Community News Commons. Well, it's uh, as usual exciting times over at Community News Commons, which is the um, CNC is the uh, online uh, media hub uh, that is uh, was created by the Winnipeg Foundation for citizen journalists to tell stories from their neighborhoods. There's been a lot of stories like in the last couple of days that have come out, like a little bit more than normal. Is that, is that normal for That's for correct. And we, it's very interesting what happens uh, at different times of the year. Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of people uh, right now are writing a lot of stories and uh, there's a lot going on in our community. So these people aren't trained journalists necessarily, but they can uh, get training from you or how does this work? Absolutely. Well, what we do is uh, I provide editorial mentorship or at least editorial help for people that want to tell stories. So all people have to do is go to the site, which is community news commons.org they can register Um, uh, there's a little button to do that and that takes about a minute uh, to do and then they can start writing a story and it's multimedia so you can either you know uh, write an article have photos video audio and what I try and do is uh, on a on a daily basis I help people tell these stories and I edit them and then I publish them on the site but in addition to that uh, every spring and fall and coming up this spring at the end of this month May the 24th is when it will start we have some workshops that are coming up and these are free workshops that cover various aspects of online journalism and uh, basically these multimedia training sessions are administered by professional journalists that we have come in to uh, to help people learn how to write an article how to take a great photo how to shoot a video how to do an audio and story this is any level of experience so far you can never that's have correct. picked up a camera in your life and you'll learn how to, the basics of photography that's right cool. and it's all free and we hold them, uh, it's uh, Tuesday evenings and Thursday evenings. Uh, uh, Tuesday evenings is over at the uh, Millennium Library, and Thursday evenings uh, is over at the Winnipeg Free Press Cafe on uh, McDermott. So and this is starting May 24th. Where can we find more information? Well, if you go to the site, communitynewscommons.org, there's a little article that says uh, CNC Multimedia Training Returns, and uh, you can just click on there, and all the details are there. We ask people to register just so that we know how many people are coming. So they are very popular. And and uh, it's a real, it's a you know, real good time for people who uh, who meet, even just want to meet community because there's you know 20, 30 people that come to cool. every single workshop. So if you have a story, there's no more excuses. You gotta get out to a session, learn how to tell it, and then post it on CNC. Exactly, and you don't have to take the training in order to tell right. stories on CNC, but certainly it helps. Uh, it helps for sure. So tell me some of the uh, articles maybe that people have posted. Well, actually, my favorite this week, uh, because I am a baseball fan and because (laughs) I like the Winnipeg Gold Eyes and because of CJNU's uh, new um, relationship with uh, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, which is uh, really quite exciting, uh, Jeff Schultz, uh, who we I guess you just had on the show, uh, he wrote an article about uh, the new Gold Eyes season and about some of the fans that came out to the open house that was held uh, last weekend. And uh, he looks at some of the different um, uh, reasons why people come out to the ball game why they why they like the the gold eyes and um it's a it's a nice it's a nice read there's some great photos yeah and uh it really gets you in the mood for the baseball season Absolutely. that's coming up so yeah. uh jeff schultz uh way to go on a great article uh take me out to the ball game absolutely so what are the what else is happening on cnc this uh, week? another story i really liked uh was from jan vermette uh and jan vermette has been a citizen reporter for a few years has well, she come to the uh, uh the training session she has as cool. she's actually she joined us uh, early like in 2012 oh, i mean nice. we have about a thousand people 
who have signed up to the site. Now, Great. not all 1,000 people right. are writing stories, but certainly um, several hundred at any given time would be contributing content. It's quite the, the army of uh, little yeah, journalists that exactly. CNC has now. It's great. And, and Jan writes about um, something that she noticed in her neighborhood. Like, she walks her dog, I guess, in um, green spaces that uh, are located all around uh, Winnipeg. But some of these green spaces are located right beside industrial parks. Mm-hmm. And what she noticed was the amount of garbage that accumulates in these green spaces that essentially blows in oh. by the wind into the from the industrial park because either their garbage is open or whatever it may be. Yeah. Now, the, the, the industrial businesses pick up their garbage on their site, but they don't go over to the adjacent green space oh. to pick it up there. And so Jan has some very good suggestions as to how uh, they might be able to, uh, how we might be able to clean this up and sort of prevent this from happening. And in cool. fact, I just heard from her um, yesterday after we had published the article, and she said that she went out there with some friends and they collected f- six garbage bags full of garbage just from one oh, green space. Man. So, um, you know, the effort... That's uh, definitely a problem. Yeah, it's a problem, and, and I think she has some really good suggestions that um, that readers uh, can look at on the website, communitynewscommons.org. Uh, her um, um, her uh, article is called Green Space and the Industrial Park, Can Great. They Coexist? So, like Noah said, that's communitynewscommons, all one word, dot org, or if you want to take the shortcut, cncwpg.org. Exactly. So, Noah, every week, uh, with of, of course, not including last week because you weren't here, yes. uh, we like to <laughs> bring you in so you can tell our listeners about a local band or artist uh, that's that's making waves here in Winnipeg. So tell us a little bit about what you've got this week. Well, this week I'd like to feature a band by the name of Paris to Kiev. And um, this uh, is um, a, a project from uh, singer Alexis Kakan, um, and she's teamed up with local label uh, Balanced Records for um, something called Fragmenti Remixes. Uh, and mm. it kind of interweaves Paris to Kiev's uh, fourth recording of Ukrainian folk and contemporary collaborations with new sounds and electronic, hip-hop, house, sort of experimental influences. Mm. So it's a really, really interesting uh, project that uh, they came out with. Uh, they kicked off the celebration uh, yesterday at a launch party um, at uh, Actual Gallery uh, the ex- in the Exchange District. Um, and uh, that included uh, screening of a couple short films by local filmmaker Danishka Esterhazy, and um, the films featured some of the Paris oh, cool. music. So from their album Fragmenti Remixes, this is Paris with their track called Dream here on River City 360, CJNU 93.7 FM.
Welcome back to River City 360. We've got time for one more song today. So here's You Belong to My Heart by Engelbert Humperdinck right here on River City 360. You belong to my heart Now and forever And our love had its start Not long ago We were gathering stars While a million guitars played our love song when I said I love you, every beat of my heart said it too. Twas a moment like this. Do you remember? And your eyes threw a kiss when they met mine. Now we all. Guitars are still playing Darling, you are the song And you'll always belong to my heart That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. And another special shout-out to Jeff Schultz, the intern that was helping us out for the last three weeks here at the Winnipeg Foundation. Uh, good luck in the future, and uh, I, I, I really can tell that there's going to be a bright future ahead of you in whatever path you decide to go down. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org.
River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. And if you have any feedback on this week's stories, please give us a call. We would love to hear from you. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. And you can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. Our listener line is open 24-7, so leave us a message at any time. Our number again is 204-944-9474, extension 360. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook, so you can search at River City 360 on Twitter or River City 360 on Facebook. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for RC360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next Sunday at 8.15. Have a great Sunday.